0: This podcast is sponsored by GamesBasement.co.uk, the only games website designed by gamers for gamers. Follow us on Twitter and don't forget to visit www.GamesBasement.co.uk on our launch date, Monday the 13th of April, 09. Hi there, welcome to episode one of the Highscore.co.uk podcast. I'm David, also known as Dr. Zach Zeus, and accompanying me is Dan, also known as Stripe. Hello. Right, we're going to just explain as a quick side note, this is the first podcast we've done obviously, sound quality may vary a little bit because we've got some limited limited equipment. We're going to do the best we can, Uh, just please be patient as we obviously uh, get a little bit more popular, we'll be able to do more stuff and improve that. And uh, the format, for those of you interested, we're going to start off with what we've been playing, we're going to go on to this week's um, featured article, and then we're going to go on to a little bit about news. We'll have little breaks in between, and as a little extra for the very first episode, we've got a Street Fire 2 Turbo HD code that we're going to be giving away. We have. Uh, we're going to be reading out uh, parts of the code during the podcast, so as you listen to it, write it down, and the first person is going to enter this. Uh, should hopefully win it as long as you don't all jam the servers trying to do it all at yeah, once. Definitely. Okay, so we're going to start off. I think I'll let Strive take over and just let us know what he's been playing. Okay,
1: um, I've been playing. Well, I've been playing quite a lot actually because I've
0: been playing a lot that we've been reviewing and uh,
1: just generally playing lots of games. Um, even though it's been out for a little while now, I've been playing a lot of Peggle on XBLA. Okay. Um, anyone who follows the site um, will notice that I have actually written a feature on Peggle on all the different platforms. Um, So I was extremely excited when Peggle XBLA finally landed on the dashboard. So I've been spending a lot of time with Peggle um, trying to get all the achievements and trying to get those sodding challenges done, because they are incredibly difficult. Um, I've been playing a lot of that in single player and in multiplayer. Um, Multiplayer works incredibly well, actually. Um, I've only played it two player. Um, I haven't played three or four player yet. But everything I've been playing so far, thankfully there's no lag on Peggle, because I think that would...
0: Just yeah. ruin the game. And uh are you? Like, obviously, it's coming out on it almost everything now. It's Basically, on PC. You got it on DS, and obviously Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. iPhone. What is your favourite choice for
1: playing uh, Well, as as I said on the feature, my my favourite still, hands down, has got to be on PC. Yeah. Um, it's more accurate. Even whether you're using a mouse on a desktop or a touchpad on a laptop, it is by far the best way to play Peggle. It's more accurate it's easier to shoot it's quicker to shoot it's easier to use the power ups I've played the DS version there is a review up on the site and I personally was quite let down by it I, don't, yeah. I know you don't feel that way though yeah I kind of like it I see I I like it because it's peggle and I like yeah. it because it's peggle on the move but my problem is the control system just isn't tight enough the, I think the stylus is a nice way of aiming but I think it should have been that you
0: aim with a stylus and bang the button on the top yeah. a yeah. shoulder button or something yeah I definitely think the, what would be like the L1, the left shoulder button would have yeah. been the best way to fire it because it's like sometimes you can move it. But I think, you know, it moves around quite nice. You get the extra levels, you get the Peggle Knights and all of that stuff. Yeah, and it's the,
1: nice because you get Peggle Knights as well because obviously the XBLA version is just Peggle. Yeah. Um, the iPod version is just Peggle. Um, and obviously you're only going to have Peggle if that's what you've downloaded on the PC. So it's nice that you get both and you get extra levels as well. You get 10 other levels. I just found that if you're using it on a bus, or on a train, the stylus is just not going to be accurate enough. Yeah. and I found that it was very kind of laborious from aiming it on the screen, then using the stylus to tap the button at the top, and then just hoping, really, that it hits yeah. the mark that you were aiming at, because just the slightest movement of you taking the stylus off the screen just nudges it to the side, and it just, as a person who plays a lot yeah. of Peggle, I am a Peggle whore, that's quite important to me.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I think different people have their versions of choice, really. Some people are like a, the moment and play the, like, Having it on the big screen of the Xbox, so yeah, it is people, nice to have it on the big screen. Yeah, I like some, and then I know people with it. I think for people who haven't played it on the PC or the Xbox, they'll be perfectly happy with the DS.
1: Definitely,
0: yeah. If it's the but. only way you can play Peggle, then yeah. it's it, you know it's
1: hands down, it's a great version of Peggle. I just yeah. think if against other versions, I mean, even the Xbox version feels yeah. tighter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've lost a lot more on Peggle version on DS version of Peggle than I have on any other version. Yeah. And that's not because I'm a noob. That is purely and simply, I just don't think the stylus does yeah, it very well. No problem. What else have you? you can get... um, well, I've been spending a lot of time on my DS yeah. saying that actually. I've been playing a lot of Henry Hatsworth and GTA
0: Chinatown Wars. So, yeah. which one would you like me to discuss first? I think, because less people have probably heard of it, I think we'll start with Henry Hatsworth. And just okay. I'm probably going to need to explain to people what you're actually doing in that game.
1: Yeah, Hen- Henry Hatsworth is an incredibly weird game. Um, It took me a good half an hour to actually figure out what the hell I was doing. Henry Hatsworth is like, it it really utilises the dual screen capability of the DS because you play a platformer on the top screen and a puzzle game on the bottom screen. And that sounds incredibly complex for people out there. This is definitely not a game that you think, oh, the title sounds a little bit like Professor Layton, I'm going to buy it for my girlfriend and my wife. You really have to give this game a try first. You basically are playing a traditional platformer on the top and then any time you kill an enemy, they flick down to a puzzle at the bottom. Now, can you think what that pu- what the puzzle is like? Are there any other puzzle games out
0: there like it? Because you've played a little bit of it. Yeah, the games, I think it would remind me of, in, in different ways, I think it reminds me a little bit of The World Ends With You. I know yeah. that's an RPG, but where you had, like, the top screen and bottom screen, you're yeah. doing, like, the stylus and using the D-pad. Yeah. Um, and, like, I guess it would most remind me, like... Where you have Puzzle Quest and you've got that kind of mixture of an RPG game and a puzzler, I guess with people, if, imagine if you was playing the RPG game and the puzzle bit at the same time and then just, I guess, isn't it, so as you come across enemies, yeah. you pause the platforming part on the top screen yeah. um, like once you have them, and then you'll play the puzzle script I mean, yeah. and then switch. So you don't have to play both at the same time. No, it's basically like, it's a
1: case of when you flick to the bottom screen, if you don't clear the enemies, it plays a little bit like, say, Columns, I would yeah. say, where you're you're moving blocks left and right, and you're lining up colours, and that's how you earn power-ups for the platforming option, uh, and that's how you, you get rid of the enemies. So once you've killed them in the platformer, they then float down to the bottom screen, and then you flick over to the puzzle game, and then once you've cleared them in the puzzle, they're cleared out of the game. Yeah. And you have different, vary- different variations of enemies, you have... Some that you can like—they've got skulls, so you can only line up the skulls on the bottom screen, and others are just faces, and you can line them up yeah. however you like. As long as the colours match, they disappear. It's—it's um, it's definitely a very strange game to get the grips off straight away. I found it very weird to play, um, but it's got a fantastic sense of humour. Anyone who's seen anything about it—it it, it rips off British
0: humour perfectly. Yeah, and like I was—the thing I was going to add is that I reckon, just because i thought of it top screen is mario-esque kind it of is thing it's really very mario yeah and bottom screen puzzle is like planet puzzle league probably the most similar one yeah i Texas would say that actually yeah kind of thing and um, and the artwork is really nice i think
1: yeah the artwork's very
0: um very
1: cartoony artwork yeah um, I, I love like i say it plays off of the british humor so henry hatsworth's got a little bowler hat little monocle uh nice little suit carries a cane and everything's very spiffing and You know, he's got his little annoying sidekick, which most of these games have nowadays, but there's a lot of humour in there. So when you are sitting there reading, there's there's lots to keep you amused, to keep you going. And I mean, I've racked up about four hours on it, and I've not exactly got bored of it. There are some frustrating parts of the game where you die and you can't really figure out if there's an easy way of getting through. But otherwise, it's, it's a solid game so far. I'd definitely yeah. be reviewing it if I get a chance.
0: Yeah, i only played a little bit and I've enjoyed it. Like you said about it being English, the special movie is to do with a cup of tea. It is, yeah, tea time, good. Yes. course. Yeah. And from the amount of times I've been abused on Halo with people saying yeah. about cups of tea, I think it's definitely ties into that kind the, of... The power-up's fantastic, the fact that it comes up on the screen, tea
1: time, and you... You hit the bottom screen, it activates tea time, and then all of a sudden he turns into a mech warrior. Yeah. Like, he's literally a massive robotic cyborg.
0: Yeah. And I
1: just think that's fantastic humour.
0: And, and all British people, once they've had a cup of tea, can turn into one of those cyborgs. So no more bashing cups of tea yeah. than Halo. And I think prob- possibly the nicest thing for me is that it's one of those few games on the DS, I know there's other ones, but, like, where you could literally not really play it on anything else, could you? No, you couldn't really. They, I, you, you couldn't port Henry Hatsworth to any other
1: no. console even even the Wii, you just couldn't really do it. I think that's probably no. the only console you could possibly, because yeah. you could hold the Wiimote sideways, do the platforming adventure, and then maybe press a button where it flicks the bottom the screen, and then use the pointer. But even then, it would be a very haphazard
0: way of playing yeah. it. And it's nice to see it. And it's coming from EA, isn't it? It yeah. is coming from EA, yeah. So yeah. Nice, so it's nice to see, like, something original, something different. Like, they've obviously, with the EA partners and everything, yeah. they've got a lot, of, a lot of good stuff coming out. Well, we've seen them branch out with, obviously, Dead Space and Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Now it's nice to see them
1: bringing new franchises and new IPs to consoles like the DS. I do think this game will appeal to a lot of people, but like I say, please don't rush out and think, "Oh, it's got a really whimsical name like Professor
0: Layton, and my wife's going to adore it." Because to be honest, she'll probably throw the DS at you. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I think it's, if anything, it's towards more of the hardcore. Games. Yeah, I would like, say it's quite a hardcore. Yeah, game. it's not relaxing. Like you do, although you're not doing both things at the same time, you do have to think about what you're doing, yeah. and like, can get in a little bit of a rush. Like, Maybe the people who are, like really into playing puzzle games, like if someone really loved Planet Puzzle League, it'd be like might be worth them like having a go cause Definitely. yes Yeah, because you definitely have to keep an
1: eye out because there are times when you're you're getting really into the platforming section and glance down at the bottom screen, you realise you're about to be attacked by five enemies yeah, I mean, because you didn't clear them. So, um, yeah. And talking to DS games, yeah, playing some other DS stuff. Yeah, GTA Chinatown Wars. Yeah, um, I made a very very bold statement on Twitter the other day that got me I see this, yeah. Um, where I actually did say that Chinatown Wars could possibly be better than GTA 4. Um, And that did get me flamed on Twitter. Uh, Yeah. Even though I still stand by my guns. I actually find, so far, I'm not going to go too much into the game, because we've both played it, and we're both probably going to say certain things about it. But one thing I'll say about GTA Chinatown Wars is it actually kind of brings the fun back to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Uh, uh, Using the stylus to do certain things makes you feel more part of the game, but in a fun way, so it kind of brings back the fun, and that's obviously what a lot of people said there was wrong with GTA 4. Um, I mean, how far have you got?
0: Um, it? I've, only, I've played a, only a few missions, um, like anyone who's been playing it, it's, I think the mission I'm up to, I'm still in free high high-powered cars for someone, so it's probably about the third mission or fourth yeah. mission or so, so not very far, just a little taster, but enough to see the controls of, like, moving around, the shooting, obviously the driving, and then some of the mini-games to do with hot-wiring cars. Yeah, those are my favourite things so far, though.
1: The hot-wiring of the cars. Because, obviously, in in any of the other GTAs, it's literally just been a case of he opens the door and the keys happen to be near the ignition, whereas with this one, there are several different ways of of getting in the car and getting it started. There are ones where you have to pull the panel off and pull the wires out, stick them together, and then actually, like, spin the stylus on the screen twist the wires together. And there's also one where you hook up your PDA. Yeah, to, yeah, the, you know. to the onboard computer and it will hack the code and then you have to stop the numbers on the right points yeah. to, to hack it and start the car. And I think sections like that, that's where the fun comes back into it and it just brings the
0: the sense of GTA back to where it should be, really. Because one thing I do think would be nice, I've, seen, I've, like, I've done the games, obviously, both the ones you mentioned about like, yeah. hot wiring the cars, um, but I didn't really t- pay attention. But do you know if like, the better cars have like, the commu- the computer system and the, likes, kind of cheaper and easier cars have
1: the... Yeah, I uh, have noticed that, because there, there are specific missions, and I'm, I'm, I don't think this is really going to be a spoiler, but there is one point where you have to steal a race car, Yeah, and that was the first time I came up against the computer way of hacking yeah. in using the PDA, whereas every other car that I had stolen... I mean, you can still get into a random car, even yeah. if it's just parked up, you don't have to hotwire every single car, but there are times, obviously, where you will need to hotwire it. But I do think, from what I've seen, yeah, I think you're right. You do have to hotwire yeah,
0: the lower, I, cheaper cars. I just did think it'd be interesting if, say, the like the worst cars that there were, mm. you could just get in really quickly. And it the real high performance cars, you'd have to do a longer mini game. In just that, if you was running away from police, it'd make you think more about what yeah. car you're going to grab, not just like all work. Because obviously, whenever you play GTA normally. There's certain cars you never want to use. Definitely, like, like yeah. you're gonna, like in some really slow kind of track kind of thing, you're not going to try and get away from the police. So you're always going to be jumping in the car that like kind of looks like a Porsche or a Ferrari yeah. to get away. Whereas if there was, if you knew you was running away from police, and it was going to take you a lot longer to get into the Porsche, you may just grab the yeah, car. just go for the. Be, I think it'd just be quite interesting, even in the bigger games. Even yeah, in the G2 it
1: was a nice stuff. thing because you bringing up being chased by the police when I was stealing this sports car I had accidentally run someone over or something and the police were after me and I did have a sense of panic which then stopped me from inputting the codes quick enough and I didn't get it in and then the car alarm went off yeah. and then I had another wanted star and I think it, it added a different element to GTA and it, it was almost, I think one of the reasons why I said it was better than GTA 4 was because I mean I loved the first GTA, the very first top down GTA to yeah. me is still one of the best ones and it brought back the sense of fun, the sense of adventure and it, it was almost like playing GTA for the first time again because it yeah. did everything new. Um, I mean, when we when we talk about it being top down, this game is just it's graphically stunning for a yeah, DS Yeah, it as is well. incredible. It, I mean, it's a cel shaded game with a and it's like a two D aspect with three D yeah. capabilities. And just to test the graphics, if you just drive down to the airport and stand on the runway and watching these planes land over you, is just
0: it's out of this world. The yeah. graphics are stunning. How yeah. they managed to get that power out of the DS is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. It, it all does look. It looks like from people like. The best thing to do is look up videos, like the screenshots do look good, but like, if you can look up videos and just see it running, because when you just say it's overhead, you kind of get, you instantly think of the old PC versions of Grand Theft Auto and how they look basic, but this does look really nice. It kind of reminds me, in a strange way, do you know how like, um, the cell shading on cooling all cars? Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, obviously the view's a bit different, and the other impressive thing I was going to say is that there's pedestrians, there's traffic, there's police cars, there's like the fire engines there's everything's in there and you go in and i think they've done quite a nice thing where i noticed more with certain shops and certain places that they have kind of sh- big structures or signs on the roof of the buildings the that ones you go that you to go in. yeah like yeah. the fire stations and like where you're going to meet where you get a lot of the emissions from so it's easily to it, uh, To find out where anywhere, it is. that so I'm still at that stage where you're kind of getting a little bit used to the city. It yeah. always happens, and like until I, I'll get a bit more comfortable when I find my favourite routes. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, really, really impressed by yeah, that it's, it. There, there are so many things that I could just go
1: on and on about in this game, and I mean, I'm I, I, I we're kind of arguing about who's going to review it at the moment because it's such a good game. But there are so many elements like you can be driving down the street and you'll see a shop and you pull up, go in the shop. I don't know if you've done this yet, and you can buy scratch cards. Oh yeah, I have to. and you I literally know. like put the scratch card through the till using the stylus, and then you just obviously can use your nail or the stylus, and you can scratch the scratch card yeah. off. And you've got ones where you can win a hamburger, which can then obviously boost your health, or you can win like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and just little things like that, because obviously in any GTA you could go into the shop and you could buy a lottery ticket or something like that, a mechanic in the game. Whereas this actually gives you the feeling that you're scratching a scratch card. Yeah. I did. I was actually.
0: Yeah, no, that is like good. mouth open, this is really cool when I did that. Yeah, and I'm just hoping as I get further that it, like, continues to have these nice little surprises. Yeah, there's some good touches in it. I think one other thing I'd like
1: to mention, just for anyone out there, that is worried about the top-down view and the navigation is that you do have GPS. Yeah. Um, basically, the DS will act as a PDA throughout the entire game, and you will have GPS, and people will email you, and you can order guns off of ammunition.net on there, which is quite good fun. Um but one thing I really liked is if you get an email from one of your colleagues who gives you a mission, is that if you scroll down the screen, it's a bit like an iPhone. Yeah. You read the email, and then it can it will automatically say, press here if you want direct GPS route. Yeah. And you tap that, it goes straight into your GPS. You get in the car, and you drive to the route. And I just think that is so, it's so functional, and it's such a good element to the game that really
0: every other GTA has to have something like this in it now, where you can just say, right, take me to that route. Yeah, and I think the other thing that is really interesting, is that they've approached it in a way that a lot of times you'll have these big games, um, and even when stuff goes from PS3 to PSP, where you feel like you've got the dumbed-down version of the big game, so they're using the franchise to get a game onto the handheld consoles, but you really do get the impression, I think that, like, this was really made in isolation as its own big game, as if almost as if the other GTAs didn't exist, as if they yeah, were definitely. thinking we're just going to do this on the DS. And like, I think that is something that I think a lot of people on the DS, and, it's, and with the Wii as well, I like would really like a lot more of.
1: Like, yeah.
0: as, as soon as I was playing it, I was literally thinking with the graphics, I was thinking they could actually do GTA like this on the Wii. They could, yeah, like definitely. It, w- it would be a cool and version work. of doing it. And yeah. like it would Yeah, it would be different. And obviously I imagine that on, on the Wii, like obviously using the DVDs, They'd have quite a bit of scope to make the city like like San Andreas style, yeah, like make it a really big city. Because obviously the day is, or even if it was a smaller city, maybe that, like add that extra interaction that people wanted with other buildings and that in GTA Four yeah. into into like a title that like that. So I'd be really interested if like hopefully, like I've seen this was um, in the shops. It was at number one on the DS it was, charts. It yeah, yeah. But like hopefully, will make them. Think Hardcore gamers finally got what they wanted
1: from Nintendo last year. Yeah, so really
0: impressed with that.
1: But, yeah, um, yeah, should we move on to games? Yeah, issues? sorry, we're going to get off of off of GTA. Moving on to a, another m- mature game, I, I've been playing to death is Resident Evil Five. Yeah,
0: um,
1: can't wait. to nervous. <clears throat> yeah, anyone who's basically, I'm going to start off by saying anyone who's read my review will kn- will will know what score I gave it, and I'm not going to tell you here because you should really be on the website. Um, but I gave it a relatively good score, and I did mark it down for certain reasons, but it. Please, please, please don't just look at the score and think, I'm not necessarily going to go and buy it, because it's not the best score in the world, but it's still a fantastic game. I mean, yeah. I've to this day, it came out just over a week ago, um, and I have put 27 hours into it already. Um, yeah. All of it's co-op, though. Granted, every single moment of it's co-op. And the one thing I will say is that pr- what practically everybody got from the demo is that this is built from the ground as to be played co-op. Yeah. You know, sheva who is your partner in the game? She really isn't meant to be an AI character. She's meant to be a friend or a random person on Xbox Live. And when it's played with another person, it is probably the most fun co-op game of this generation. Yeah, and that's quite a big so. statement. Above Army of Two? Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, above Army of Two. God, you actually made me stop there. Um, it's it's it, the reason it plays so well is because Resident Evil Five is Resident Evil was a very tactical series. Anyway, obviously, it's all about ammo consumption and how you're going to st- store your ammo and are you going to have enough herbs and all those sort of things. And then bring in a second person, someone who can heal you, someone who can give you the ammo when you need it. it. It just brings in this element of... It just is this tactical element that no other adventure game really has got. I would actually put the co-op in this above the co-op in Gears 2. Yeah,
0: and that's quite a big thing because co-op in Gears 2 is awesome. Yeah, I guess... Uh, the Yeah, like, I'm really interested in playing it. Um... The thing I was saying, like obviously, people are going to read the review, and do it's, it's a good review to read, to read through it. And like you were saying about the score, like I will add that we, we're striving to have our five being average. We're yeah. doing the ten-point scale and five being average. So anything uh, above that is starting to get good, and then getting better and yeah, excellent yeah. and, and superb and stuff. Hands out. Like so, not giving too much weight. It's above five. It's above so five. It's, it's definitely it, above average. There's a lot of people out there that I've spoken
1: to on Twitter and I've spoken to them on message boards and. And places like that and they've said to me you should have given it a 9 you should have given it a 10 but it's it's just not that good it's not good enough there are a lot of problems that let it down like if you haven't got a friend that you can play it with but you've played every single Resident Evil yeah. before it you're going to be so disappointed that you can't play it at it's best without a friend it has to be played co-op there's terrible horrific screen tearing in every I single cutscene it's literally like half of my screen is, is hanging off the edge yeah. and it's it's disgusting to watch I mean it's the, probably one of the best, most beautiful games since Gears 2. Where, when you play yeah. through the game, it's graphically stunning. But the fact that there's screen tearing in the cutscenes, it really detracts from what limited story Resident Evil
0: could deliver. Yeah. But it detracts from what story there is. I guess it is a shame as well, because I've only seen... I've watched some of the cutscenes, but obviously not been playing through the game at the moment. Yeah. And the, the cutscenes themselves do look lovely. Like they the are lovely, mine, yeah. It did remind me of... I heard this before, like some other people have been saying, like, remind them a little bit of, was it Heavenly Sword? Was that the PS3 game? Yeah, game? yeah. Really nice cutscene. Really nice, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's, it seems like, because it could even be, like, I know this is a totally different game, but, like, I used to like the arcade game, uh, the XBLA game, uh, Switchball, and that had right. really bad screen tearing in it. And later on they did bring out a patch that mm. completely got rid of it. They said, it's something like, I'm not technically minded enough to understand what they're doing, but something to do with the vertical sync. They just added a, a patch and it was and it just ran perfectly. So like maybe there is a chance in the future if they're bothered that they could it's something that they could sort out. It is one of those but, things that if they patched that and
1: I think yeah, if they patched the just the screen tearing, it probably would have even gone a point up on the review because it is literally every single cutscene. Now not everybody might, you know, find this and I must admit and i and I'll hold my hands up. I only just installed the game yesterday onto my hard drive, so yeah. I haven't played it with it installed. So if it's installed, it might not screen tear. Yeah. So it might be something to do with reading off the disc. But to be fair, it is that bad. That's why it dropped a point on its score. And it yeah. wouldn't have done it without the screen screen and It would have been a point higher than it is on the review. Yeah. Because it was just that bad. The other the other options, just staying on the negatives, I don't want to go over the whole review, but just to give people an idea, is obviously we, we all know about the control system and being able to yeah, not be able to move and shoot. Yeah. There's some people that love it, there's some people that hate it. I personally didn't like it.
0: It feels too archaic for the generation that we're in console wise. Yeah. I think that the big thing that it seems to me from from watching the game is that the control system, like the control system, I, I got a little bit used to it when I played Resident Evil 4. Um, but it does seem as though that they've changed the enemies and the amount of enemies in a way that does directly affect that, that control system. Yeah, like definitely. in Resident Evil 4, you always felt. Like, although there was urgent moments when you'd have to move around and get on rooftops and that, um, that you could, like, kind of keep people at bay a bit. Whereas I always feel like, even if people have played the demo of this, that they, the enemies seem to catch up to you so quick. Well, I yeah. used to, I w- I was playing the demo and getting on the roofs of the buildings and stuff. And it used to be, like, on Resident 4, you could kind of get on the roofs. And they would like the occasional person would run, but they mostly like shamble about. And they put ladders up, and you could push the ladders yeah, down. But yeah. this seemed like they they was always on me, and that they've changed the gameplay in a way that has, I guess, advanced a bit more than the controls have. Yeah, they definitely feel like they've pushed the gameplay to a quicker pace. Yeah. Without
1: giving you the ability to do it on the control pad, so like one of the things I brought up in the review, and and we've talked about when we've met in in the last week or so, is that there's no button to roll out of the way. Right. And in so many action games nowadays, there's always at least one button dedicated to being able to just quickly roll out of the way, get your bearings, and then carry on. Yeah. Um, and it's so difficult when there's a, a chainsaw-wielding maniac maniacally laughing at you, mm. and you, all you can do is just slowly turn on. I mean, you've got a quick turn, yes, which is fair still enough. the critter, But I mean. you can kind of quick turn, and then you kind of amble away, and... Then there's moments where if you want to break through a door, you can't. You have to stand there and politely open it, and, it, and then the chainsaw man just cuts it off the hinges. Yeah. It, it's just it's moments like that that just make it feel like a new, a, a, a next generation, if we will. I was using air quotes, a next generation game with
0: last generation's controls, and yeah. that to me let it down. Yeah, in I, my personal opinion. I think it's one of those ones. That, like I, I do get the impression that there'll obviously be more as an evil games and. Um, it seems like it's that one step behind. Do you know how Metal Gear Solid Freeze controls were in comparison to Metal Gear Solid 4, yeah, where yeah. it's kind of a bit antiquated? But, like, they managed to... I know that they got some people from a team working in America, and they, like, come over, and they mess with the controls a bit and it made yeah. that a little bit more friendly. And it seems like just something simple like that, just some simpler... Like, literally, from what a lot of people say, like yourself, it seems as though, literally, just, like, being able to keep your aim with like, so you get your gun out and you've got your aim, but be able to move about with the left stick a bit yeah. would be nice, even if it's just a, li- a little bit of movement. Yeah, even if it's
1: just a slower movement, just
0: something yeah, to it's a lot to of walking feel walking like you opposed to
1: running. Yeah, yeah, I mean, someone said, I think someone commented on our site, um, I won't name names because he's a, he's a friend of ours, but said that he, liked the, uh, that he likes not being able to move and shoot because it added an element of panic to it. Mm. But the thing is, I know you can't exactly say Resident Evil is necessarily a realistic game, but if that was a realistic scenario, you're not going to just stand there and, and randomly shoot at someone unless you were lining up a headshot. You are going to be moving around
0: yeah. because you don't want to be munched.
1: And That's I think so many,
0: that. so many games since, like Resident Evil 4 itself was an amazing game <laughs> that was doing a lot of things and it kind yeah. of like that over-the-shoulder look uh, and, um, <clears throat> and the controls in its stem um, were all like new and fresh at the time and obviously it looked graphically amazing. But even like Cliff Bozinski said, the... Um, about the Gears of War games and how it was influenced by Resident Evil, and I think we see games like Gears of War, and they've got that same look as Resident Evil, and then even new games like Wanted. For anyone who's played the yeah. demo, yeah, and they yeah. seem to be a game where the enemies are different. Obviously, you're not fighting infected people; it's more kind of terrorists or kind of semi-kind of aliens, however you would say the um, the locust are. Um, but th- their control system, it, it has advanced a lot more over Resident Evil 4, and, like, 5, I think, although the, like, graphics and everything are nice, you really notice, like, you've been playing Gears, you've played Gears 2 yeah. since then as well, so both of the Gears games, like, wanted demo, like, um, I, I know it's, a, like, a similar game, but, like, Dark sets and people who have played that, you get used mm-hmm. to this kind of third-person movement and that, and yeah. you just really notice that it's going back a bit, and I think it's almost as if... Um, in that same way, do you know how when you play a lot of COD Four and then you go to playing Halo and you yeah. really feel like you want to sprint? Like yeah, even yeah. A, like when well, you get used to Halo yeah. again, obviously, cause it, but you get that initial feeling of mm. that you feel like the movements jolting a bit. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I do. I, I think I have my final say
1: on the controls. I do. I, I, I must admit, it was difficult for me as well because when I played Resident Evil Four, I played it on the Wii. Yeah, and I honestly still, to this day, say that the Wii controls are the best control system I've ever used on a Resident Evil game. Oh yeah, no, hands awesome. down. And I know you'll agree, and there's thousands of people out there that will also agree. So it was really difficult, but I would just say that if you if you want to come in, if you're going to come into this game and expect something, you know, really brand new, you will see that in the gameplay. But just you will have to forgive the control system. You get you grow, it grows on you after half an hour of playing it, and you'll yeah. get used to it. But don't, don't go into it expecting you to be able to run about and roll around like
0: on gears and, you know, take cover and things like that. It, it just isn't that in-depth. It's yeah. not. And I simply think, like, my last thing I'll say is that in my mind, I think that whereas a lot of people think that the controls should change, I almost feel like the way that they're setting up the gameplay should kind of possibly change back and be rethinking about the kind of things they did with Resi 4. Just in that, I think that, if there is space for somewhere to have like a different control scheme as long as the the gameplay is matching that but so i think either go one way and decide you're going to go all action and you change it so you can move in about a bit or if you're not going to do that like keep the controls but think about having that kind of slower pace gameplay anyway yeah. with the enemies and that more kind of thriller kind of fear kind of aspect yeah, definitely yeah definitely
1: um i go moving away from resident evil 5 um I won't talk about this in depth because we're going to bring it up later in the show as well, but I am currently reviewing the new DLC for Fallout 3 as well, the PIP, yeah, which yeah. You, you basically leave the Capital Wasteland and go up into Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not going to talk about it in depth now because we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the news section as well yeah. uh, and the problems that Bethesda had. Um, so I'll leave that for now and we'll move on to, on to what
0: Zach's been some playing. Of, some so. of the stuff I've been playing. Yeah, so what have you been up to? Right? Um, well, anyone who's already been to the will see that recently I've posted the Wallace and Gromit, first episode of yep. their Telltales episodic, uh, I guess, episodes for... Yeah, the first episode, yeah. Um, and, well, if you read the review, like, obviously you see I feel, I'm going to say a little bit now. Like, I, I, I did enjoy, I really enjoyed the game. Um, I think you've, in a way, you've got to approach it from a different aspect in that a lot of people will have played, like, um, if you're into the point-and-click adventures, they will have played through, obviously, the old LucasArts games, but then more recently... The Summer Max Adventures mm-hmm. and uh, possibly the Strong Bad games, yeah, yeah, as well, all, all, all done by Telltale. Um, the difference is, I think, like if you was a fan of, like, not to give too much up, but like if you was a fan of Wallace and Gromit, I think you'll really enjoy it. If you was a fan of Summer Max, you and and as well Strong Bad, I'm not totally sure if the humour will suit you as uh, as well. Like, I think it's interesting. That it proves that Telltale can kind mm-hmm. of adapt. What they're doing to take in different franchises, and I'll be interested, well, where, where they go after this because this is obviously it's going to be four episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they take up other franchises and that. But as I say, yeah, I'm not sure because of that the kind of slapstick humour that you get in Sam and Max and the, the, like the quick lines and things. Um, you don't quite get so much in Wallace and Gromit. But then again, I wouldn't expect it. Like, no. if I was like when you watch the films, it's all that kind of. Like little subtle visual gags with Wallace and Gromit, I find, um, where as opposed to the dialogue, and I think it's a point that I bring up in the review that, like, you notice yourself. I remember when I was talking to you. Yeah, because I had a review copy as well. Yeah. yeah um, that one of the things you notice is that you're so used to in the, like games like Summer Max that you click, like, say you go to combine two weird objects that, like, if it is really weird that, like, you're, you're just doing it because you can't solve the puzzle, but then the character will say something quite witty remarkable as to like, what, like you can't put like uh, you can't put them together. It will do this, or like yeah. do you want to blow the whole world up. But like whatever it would be, like it would be some kind of funny amusing line that would make you still try doing things and mm. not feel too perturbed. Whereas the one thing I do think with Wallace and Gromit is they kind of just, if you try and do the wrong thing, it would just be like you can't do that. Yeah, it's a bit stunted. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, but like graphically, it looks like it looks like the films.
1: It? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I have got a review copy of this, and my laptop looked took one look at the game and passed out. It just and yeah. I, I haven't got a really old laptop, but to be fair, you know, and it, it isn't exactly a punishing game graphically. No, but it does look really, really good when it's on higher settings. Yeah, but it's, it still looks nice when it's on low. I didn't get to enjoy the game that much though
0: because my laptop just wouldn't have any. Yeah, room. I think the problem with some laptops, obviously. Uh, my, my laptop. I was playing laptop. Ran it. It's like a pretty new laptop, and obviously, like the graphics cards are changing all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I would say, like i not really much else to say about it. Like if you like, if you're really interested in Telltale and that, like, and their games, I think you will enjoy it. But really, fans of the of the Wallace and Gromit films are going to be the people who really get the most out of it. And I think it's nice that there's been previous Wallace and Gromit games, but it's nice to have that's something coming from a film franchise obviously and it's going to like a kind of casual market area but it's not just like a platformer yeah. or something not related it, it kind of feels like you're just playing an episode of yeah. the film that you've not seen before. i think it's a good idea for a game as
1: well because of the type of film it is because it's more of a, a christmas day family sits around and watches it kind of you know film and short animation shorts it will appeal to people who don't play a lot of games yeah because they'll they'll look at it and think well you know, a lot of people who don't play games, obviously, they, you can't put a controller in their hand and say, right, I'm going to take on the Flood yeah. in Halo. Whereas, with something like this, they could quite easily pick it up, just amble around and just solve it at their own legend. Yeah. I think it's going to
0: appeal a lot to that market. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, in its own way, I do think it's adapted itself a little bit because I think that the puzzles that i played through Sam and Max, and I think the puzzles in Wallace and Gromit are a little bit more logical. So I think right. maybe people who haven't played these games again, like I always remember stuff like in... Day of the Tentacle, when you got like freezer hamster to get it to the future and all things like yeah. that. Yeah, I think like when you play this, it's more like you can you can see there's not loads of objects that you've got in your inventory at one time, and you can kind of see what you want to do, but you just got to think about like the best how you're actually yeah. going to get it done. So it's it's more logical, and I think people may be approaching these games the first time. I think if you was to play this. Actually, like, I'm sure some people never, used, like, they're new to games, they never experience the old LucasArts games and things like the Broken Sword series and mm. things like that. I think if they're playing this, it's, like, quite nice. It's, like, characters that they know. Like, everyone, like, especially in the UK, will have known of Wallace and Gromit. Definitely. And whether it's your favourite characters or not, that, like, that to the side, they'll right. know who the characters are and enjoy through and starting a, a point-and-click adventure and then maybe going on to some of the other stuff that, that yeah. has come out. Definitely. I think one one other thing just to note for the audience
1: out there is that this is also going to be available on Xbox Live Arcade, Um, and if you do have the PC version and you have uh, an Xbox 360, you can use your controller on the PC version. I did try that, and I don't know if it was just because my laptop wasn't having any of it, but it didn't really play brilliantly on the controller, so it's probably best to stick with the the WASAD keys. And, and stick with your, your mouse as well because it's just gonna be a better way of playing the game. But we we are hopefully going to review the Xbox Live version as well and do
0: a comparison between the two. Yeah. So look out for that in the future. I think we'll add as well it is the whole series is four episodes yeah. is the fact thing. And obviously with any series like this one was good. Um maybe like, I didn't quite think it was excellent but it was very good and like you have to like we'll have to see how the series goes. Yeah, and definitely. then like, because it's, it's going to have high and low points, We're, and we'll see where that goes. Okay, so, um, what else have you been playing? Well, obviously, like, some of the things i already mentioned, won't go over again, like GTA.
1: Yeah,
0: I, yeah. And, but also, i played Mad World, um, on the way. been playing a bit of that, and I know I let it, um, <laughs> you've had a little tiny go. I have had a little go today I, before under I was my, recording, yeah. Yeah, under my supervision. Under then. your supervision. tutelage. Um, yeah, really, like, um, I'll say, like, i obviously not completed it, and, um, uh, I do want to get through it, and obviously, it being a bit of a short game is like something quite manageable to get through.
1: Yeah, rumour is about six, seven hours. Right? Yeah, about Isn't
0: six, it? seven hours. It's yeah. quite nice. Um, the thing is, um, the things that you, everyone will know is the visuals. First of all, the yeah. like, the look it's got. Like, can you remember like another black and white game? There probably is something. There's probably along something the, like, random out the there. We'll,
1: we'll have someone who listens to this jump on the Jump on the yeah. site and name some random Japanese
0: game we've yeah. never heard of. Oh yeah, but do say that if you, if you do know them. Yeah, please like, let us know. Like. Yeah, add a comment because I would be interested. Yeah, but it's It'll um, help him for the review. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's um, but it's black and white and it's uh anime style, and it's horrifically violent. Yeah, very. In yeah. In, in in many ways, it's um, like because basically the idea of each level, you go into an area and. By killing enemies in more imaginative ways, you get points. And after you've accrued a certain amount of points, you'll get to play against the boss character for that level. Yeah. And then by beating him, you complete the level. Um, but you, your character is, is like a, a bulky guy with a chainsaw on his yeah. arm. And Imagine Hellboy without the fist and with a chainsaw. Yeah, and uh, there's, and... Then you're using environmental objects um, on on the enemies, and the more kind of things you use, you can like chuck a barrel on someone's, uh on top of someone, and then like ram a signpost through their head, and then like chuck them onto some spikes, or, and you can like do other things. There's bits later on where you're chucking people into an aeroplane jet engine as kind of more of a mini game there, but there's all kinds of things to do in the environment, and basically, like I, I, when I was speaking to you before, I was saying how like it's very easy to just kill people. Yeah, like, that is very yeah. easy. And the challenge at the moment in the early parts, the enemies aren't particularly challenging in terms of how they attack you. But that seeing as, I will say, that seeing as you do have lives and you can pick up health, I imagine later on they are going to get a fair bit harder. Um, but it's more a case of, um, because you don't get many points for just killing people really quickly, you're invited to be more imaginative in what you do. And um, the other bits that really, I think the music I think is excellent. Yeah, it's a, it's a very hip-hop soundtrack. Yeah, like, kind of hip-hop, lively, kind of gets you in the mood to just have some fun and, like, throw people about and, like, get all these steps and that. And then you have the two commentators.
1: Yeah, grapefruits and, I can't remember the guy's name, is it Joe DiMaggio or something like something that? Something
0: like that. Uh, Who is Marcus Fenix Fen- Marcus yeah. and Bender from Futurama yeah. as well. And, um, the, the lines are like oh there's another thing that I'm going to be messing around with is the sound settings because I'm finding that the music is drowning out the commentary a little bit. Yeah, um, I noticed that. But the the commentary when you if you sit back especially if at the moment if I was well I was sitting back and watching Stride play for a bit the lines are incredibly funny like they're actually really well written and like really like sarcastic and they just really fit well with making you think. Like I think if if this game looked uh, realistic graphically it'd be horrific it it'd would be, be bad. like yeah it'd be like <laughs> front page daily mail yeah it'd be so much more violent than even stuff like Manhunt.
1: It's yeah oh, definitely yeah. and I
0: think that the like the mixture of the graphics the music and like the fun like mocking commentary really just makes you think it's more of a like a sandbox fun kind of game where you can just go in and you can just like it's almost like you're experimenting with the physics a bit. I'm just seeing, like, you just try and see what can I do. Like, you know that you earlier on you do one thing, you chuck a tyre on someone and then yeah. you frame at someone else. But, like, it's almost that like you get in and you're thinking of what points you can get and you just think, like, what... You see something that you haven't seen, an object, and you're like, right, what can I do with that? Yeah, exactly. To get points. Um, and, yeah, like, the, the bosses so far seem nice. There's some, like, cool little characters. There's, like, a kind of, like, we just say, like, looking guy yeah
1: any, anyone who reads a lot of games news will, will have heard of the racism row around Resident Evil 5 but this character is much more racist than anything else I mean he's a very stereotypical I yeah. mean it, it's obviously the graphics they've used but this guy is a minstrel he, yeah. he's a black and white minstrel he's got the white limbs and the black face and he, he's but a but then stereotypical. everybody does <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. That um, is true. But, it, but he's a very sort of stereotypical black
0: pimp. Yeah, he's, and, he's like the kind of... Um, imagine Eddie Murphy playing a pimp kind of thing. Yeah, like, he's imagine very that kind, of, that kind of, like, character, like, larger than life. And, like, there's there's other people and, like, with the bosses, the character you play and the enemies. I just think it's, it's really interesting. Like, I I'll, I'll like to see how things are when I've played through the whole thing, obviously. Um, but at the moment, it's... It's fun, it's enjoyable, it's nice to see a game just totally different to other stuff on the Wii. Um, The one thing that really surprised me recently, some other games that I've played I'm not really going to talk about at the moment, but when you look at the top ten on the Wii at the moment, you've got Dead Rising, Chop Till You Drop. You've got House of the Dead, Overkill. And you've got Mad World. Like, when I was looking, they was all in the top ten at the time yeah, yeah. of sales. And I think it's quite impressive that um, that how much it has changed. And I think it's really interesting to see where the Wii is going to go with things. And again, like, more adult games are obviously going to have the Wii Motion Plus. Yeah. And, like, obviously, depending on how all, this, how all these things sell, I just think it would be interesting if it can get itself back in favour with, like the more hardcore gamers, the more people who have gone back to playing their 360 or PS3 and that. If there was a, a I think if there was a regular current of these kind of games coming out, um, like obviously we've heard about some other games we're going to talk about later in the news and yeah. that is coming out to the week. But yeah, really interesting to see something like that. It's real nice difference and nice to have a throwaway arcade kind of game. Yeah, because that's what it is really it's an arcade game. Yeah, it, it is literally an arcade game yeah. and it's all points based. Slight annoyance being that there's no sort of mid level checkpoint, Mm. but you you can kind of look past that in the way that you play it because the levels aren't particularly long. But they're long, I guess, that they're long enough that if later on it was to get a lot harder, you wouldn't really want to play through 15 minutes or so Mm. all over again and again. But um, it's, it's, it's a minor problem in the way that it's more of a game that when I've Finish playing something like Fallout, something like that, and I just I want to play a game, but I don't want to think about it. I just want to like mess around. Mm. Like great for that. Um, other things just go on too quickly then yeah. Just to wrap up what we've been playing. Um, I've been playing it for, um, both the reviews, a bit of um, arcade classics.
1: Well, is this is SNK. More, but this
0: is SNK arcade classics collection. Yeah. Sixteen games. The re- reviews up there. I Played through a lot. Um, favorite games would be. Metal Slug, a of lot of the Metal Slug games and on, this is on the PSP version I've been right, playing yeah. and it, it, it does look lovely um, and there's a game called Last Resort which I didn't know about because a lot of this stuff obviously is like Neo Geo games yeah. um, I quite like R-Type um, I haven't got the XPLA one because I really don't like the price of the XBLA yeah. one but it's, this game, Last Resort, is just like R-Type um, but um, obviously as part of this collection a nice little thing to try and mm-hmm. the whole thing has an achievement system where by doing things in certain games, unlocks things in other games, and there's artwork, there's music, yeah. there's some things that you, there's some things like there was a movement list that I would have rather of. like some of the things that's annoying, you can unlock in Metal Gear, the movement commands for, for like, art of fighting and things like right. that. Like oh, right. Like some of the things you would really want in the game, but yeah. a lot of it's fairly, fairly simple, sure. like just artwork and that. And the other one was um, the King of Fighters collection. Right. I uh, played that on Wii and PSP. I've never really played any King of Fighters. How does it play? Um, it plays into... I think the best description, I tried to do it as best as I could in the review, was if you used to Street Fighter, you played like a 2D fighting game. Mm-hmm. So it's like Street Fighter, except you choose... In the early games, you choose a team of three fighters, whereas in the late... Like a set team of three fighters, whereas in the later games, because it ranges from 94 to 98, you can select each individual fighter on your team. Right. But you've always got a team of three people, Choose the order which you want them to go in, and then the fight starts against another team of three. And it, rather than having rounds, as soon as one of your fighters is beaten, mm. the second one jumps in. Okay. and that comes out, and the first thing to lose all three of their fighters is, is knocked out yeah, and goes to right. Yeah, and it, it's it's interesting because you have to think about like rather than like if I play Street Fighter, I might play as Ryu all the time, mm. and I get really good at Ryu, and then when I'm fighting against other characters I kind of know what I'm going to be doing whereas obviously in this thing you have to know the intricacies of three different fights yeah. as a start I find like their move lists were like not too bad to learn like most characters have like special move kind of things about four or five and then mm-hmm. there's some more advanced moves to do with other stuff so it's so it's interesting in that way that you, you they're manageable learning each character yeah but the difference would be like say me and you always choose the same teams like i choose a certain team of three because in the original ones it's by country so i might choose uk and Mm -hmm. you could choose the japanese characters yeah the interesting thing would be is as you say you get really good with your first character you always use yeah um where i'm normal like where i might have always before beaten you with my first character then i'm playing your I, my character gets knocked out, not to be too complicated, and my second character will be playing your first yeah. one, like carrying on, and it'll be interesting how that dynamic changes, yeah. like you use, even if, within a fight you've got different people and different, like obviously characters in all fighting games you get some characters who are sort of strong and slow, some like fast and some more aggressive, some more defensive and it'll just, it's interesting how they change between and mix things up just mm-hmm. by having this little, little change of the three on three. It's an um, interesting aspect to a game it'd be nice to see in more fighting games yeah I think the the good thing about it is is that there's obviously King of Fighters 12's coming out we had some screenshots yeah, of that recently have, yeah. on the site um, and I think having this aspect does separate it from Street Fighter in it's way you've obviously got the HD version of Street Fighter and Street Fighter 4 come out and I think that that's going to be the like the premier game in that in the 2D plane of fighting games Um yeah. But it's interesting that they have obviously they're, they're going to have their own market because it is a little bit different. But it has got something different. It's not like just Street Fighter, but with different characters. Mm-hmm. It's actually got a different, different idea to how you're going to be doing the fighting. Um, and another thing that's interesting is that it takes characters from other SNK fighting games. Right. So it takes like from like Art of Fighting and, like, World Fighters and, like, various other games, it takes characters from their Excellent. other fine games and puts them into one game, and that's what's made this tag thing. So, um, unfortunately, I think... The unfortunate thing is a lot of people, with it having been, like, Arcade and Neo Geo, a lot of people won't have played it. But um, if you're interested, yeah, have a look through through the review. It's like, it'll explain a little bit more about the game, because I think that kind of history of it is interesting to get a grasp. Yeah. And then, like, if you was... maybe, oh, I think it's a really good title. If you were thinking... Like I'm definitely would want to play King of Fighters 12 when that oh, comes out, yeah. and um, I think it'd be interesting to kind of like maybe play this now for a long for an extended period of time to get used to all all the intricacies, and then um, then go on to King of Fighters 12. I think the only like the downside the the PSP's controls, um not really a fault of the game, but I think that I personally find Fighters on that appears to be a little bit more awkward to control yeah, definitely. The, with the, the D pad and, yeah. and the other thing is slightly is where it's King of Fighters 94 to 98. I'm not sure with a lot of people like myself, will like, I play through all of the games and then stick with 98? It's like the most, it's almost as like um, imagine how a, a collection of Street Fighter games and you had Street Fighter 2 Hyper in, Turbo HD and Street Fighter 4 all on one disc, yeah. you'd play through them all out of interest, but you end up just you'd playing Street Fighter 4. Yeah. Like the, usually the most recent one, because it has evolved and it's yeah. got some certain mm-hmm. new aspects. So, I think, shall we, have you finished with really, everything? That's everything I've been playing, pretty much. Yeah, okay. we'll touch on the pit later. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to take a little tiny break, so will be a, a small, small interview here, and when we're back, we're going to come back with a little feature to talk about that
1: Okay, welcome back to High Highscore. Um, sorry to leave you hanging on that break, uh, but we're back, and we're going to read out the first part of this Street Fighter 2 HD remix, all flashing, all singing, all dancing code. Um, obviously, as Zach said, we're going to read out a section now, then we're going to read out a section at the end of the show. Um, the first person to redeem the code on Xbox Live uh, will win it. The one thing I will say is this is a region-locked code, so this code is only available to UK people. If you're in the US, please don't try and enter it. You won't win. You won't get the game at all. Um, we will look into getting region unlocked codes at some point so we can offer something to our US fans. But to start the code off, we'll read the first three sections. The first code, and I'll read it as clear as I can, is jvxypq 3 D M K D B. K2 So obviously those are the first three sections and the last two sections will be read out at the end of the show So we're going to kick off with the news now I think the first thing we're going to talk about is even though it's relatively old news to everybody it's obviously our first podcast um, we want to talk about the possibility of a price rise for the Wii uh, The main reason we want to talk about it is obviously we are from the UK um, and they've only really said they're going to do it in the UK So we're going to have a little quick chat about that and then we're going to go into the, the latest news So okay. I mean, what's basically what we've heard is that due to the, 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 the sort of weakness of the currencies at the moment, in the economic climate, in the recession, we're going to call it, um, that Nintendo are now saying they're going to have to raise the trade price of the Nintendo Wii because they don't think they're going to be making as much money.
0: And now, this is in
1: the UK. This is in the it, UK. Yeah. This isn't anywhere else. It's in the UK. And basically, nobody knows yet whether the retailers are going to pass that price hike down to the consumers. It's roughly about £18, pounds, isn't it? Something like uh, that. Not so, so I'll go with you on that. Yeah, I think. it's about £18. Pounds, um so 18 of you Sterling, and obviously all, all the trade, all the trade prices are going to go up. It's just whether people like the supermarkets, whether the game and people like that are going to pass that
0: on to us. Now, I know where I stand on it, but where do you stand on that? Um, well, but as you're saying, like this has been said that this is going to be obviously cutting down the margin that the that the sellers are going to get for each console. And as yeah. all obviously with like hardware, some people may not know already, but there isn't a great Deal of margin that the no. that places like Game and that get by selling the consoles themselves anyway. So yeah, there is this possibility that because that margin's got smaller, that they may follow on by increasing the price to the customers. I think like obviously nobody. It's really it's because it's an unprecedented thing to happen. Really, you, you don't get electrical, Everyone knows you get electrical equipment <coughs> and gradually it will get cheaper. Like yeah. that, that's how things. Always That's how it works. It. Yeah, you buy like a HD telly a year ago. Like now, you buy it. It's pretty much half price or so. Yeah. Just because usually all of the components inside, as they produce more, they work out ways of getting higher volume and getting the parts made for cheaper. Um, I I think it's a very bad idea if they do that. The interesting thing is, I can imagine that the we just the we will just sell. Like I'm no. not even sure. Like, if I was to speak to the kind of people who might buy a Wii, like maybe like like friends or family, who aren't massively into games, and that's why, as a console, they're, the only one they're interested in is the Wii. I'm not sure, if I was to ask any of them, if they actually knew what the price of it was at the moment. Um, but I doubt any of them would say, yeah, it's definitely £180. Mm-hmm. Um, so the interesting thing would be uh, that a lot of people, I guess, the kind of people who don't check game sites for news every morning and things like that, who are just buying it because they want to play Wii Sports, they want to try Wii Fit and things, may not even notice yeah. the price the price increase. Um, possibly, if their friends have got it, they'll notice it. So it's interested in that thing. Um, the other point is, it's always selling. Uh, and it's been... <coughs> sorry. It's been more expensive than the Xbox for a while now. And there's no indication of it trying to drop its price. So... I just think, I think it's a bad idea, but I, I, if it was a small price increase, I don't think it would do the kind of damage to sales and negative feedback as it would with something like the Xbox or the PS3. Yeah, I think my, my biggest concern about this
1: is... Well, this, my two biggest concerns is, one, everybody knows that the Nintendo Wii, or everybody knows that follows Games, The Nintendo Wii has been making a steady profit for Nintendo ever since it came out. You know, Microsoft lose money on the 360 and Sony lose money on the PS3. It's a factor in game, the games industry. Everyone pretty much loses money, except Nintendo. They've been making money hand over fist on the Nintendo Wii. So the one thing that annoys me is, I can't see that that £18 price hike, just in the current economic climate, is you know is enough to really... Surely they've got enough profit out of the Nintendo Wii so far to just say, well, let's leave it as it stands and just make a loss for a small amount of time.
0: Yeah, um, I would be interested, because as well, the other thing is... If they're not losing money in Japan or America for the same reasons, and as well in other places like Europe, because obviously the pound being particularly weak against the euro and, and the dollar and the yen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested, I imagine, that have we heard anything about in Europe about there being any... No, there's, there's nothing. It's, it's strictly the UK, only. Yeah, it's certainly. sterling. That's what's letting it down. So you would think, being one of the UK on its own, although selling a lot of consoles isn't on the level of the kind of sell selling America or anything. You would think that they could absorb this cost for a little bit, and that's you, yeah. what I'm hoping that they are going to do. Yeah, I think the way you've got to look at it as well is obviously all the governments at the moment,
1: they're obviously trying to strengthen the economy. You know, we've got Gordon Brown trying to do what he can, and Barack Obama obviously concentrating on the worldwide economies, and at the end of the day, this will obviously hopefully end at some point, so I can't see why Nintendo can't just take that knock. You know, even if it's only for a year, just take the knock. And then if it's still really bad, then maybe think about it. But at the end of the day, they've made so much profit. And the thing that frustrates me is going back to what you said about not everybody really knowing the price. And there's a lot of people out there that would still go out and pay. I think it's 180 at the moment in stores. So, yeah. see, we're probably looking at it going up to about 200, you know, for argument's sake. If people go out and buy it at that, then Nintendo are going to think that that's okay. And that, to me as a hardcore gamer, as someone who's been playing games for a really long time. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. Because then, you know, that, what, what's to say they're going to stop there? What's to say they're not going to then price hike the DS at some point if the currency stays weak?
0: Yeah, I think, um, if anything, I think we both agree on the fact that, <laughs> although maybe not making business sense to them, obviously, that we feel like, for the, for the goodwill of, the consumers, it may well be better off for them to absorb the, yeah. the cost. Like, if for a period of time that they wasn't making money per Wii unit sold, or even if they went so far as to where they lost a little bit, like what used to happen with the Xbox, and I'm sure is still happening with the PlayStation, mm. and obviously, I'm sure that it used to, um, to a lesser extent, possibly with other previous Nintendo consoles, I know they've always tried to take care of at least breaking even with what they're doing but yeah i think that they could maybe really think about how they are going to structure this and how it would affect them um the other thing to take into account i imagine is that people like us who obviously really enjoy games really heavily into games a lot of people like that either have already purchased a wii at some point yeah or have purchased it and possibly sold it so Myself, I own obviously own a, wheel, uh, a Wii, even. Um, and as as much as I think it's a bad thing if the price was to go up, it's obviously got no effect on me personally. No, it has It's hasn't. already sitting there. Yeah. If anything, it could increase the trading price that I would get yeah, for my Wii. Yeah, well. I mean, I personally, did, I, I have been to
1: and yeah. fro in over the last couple of weeks about investing in a Wii. Um, and I do think that if I decide to go ahead, I'll probably be doing it as soon as I can because if the price hike goes up to me. Whereas that obviously, this is still rumour. We, this might not even be passed down to us. It might not even happen. Um, but to me, that's that extra £20, I mean, that's a game that I can play on the Wii as well.
0: You know? yeah. I'm losing a game, technically. It all ends up, and it's obviously unfortunate timing for a story like this to happen at a time when, obviously, Xbox has already reduced prices, and there's obviously continuing pressure on them to... You know, it, reduce the price on all of their ranges and there's more and more talk about PlayStation obviously yeah. having a price cut at yeah. some point um, and, and then obviously it seems I think we've bucked all of the trends in terms of sales all of the time and I think obviously the story has come up a lot because it would be another bucking of the trends for them to increase increase would, the price yeah. at all. I, I think I hope like I say going back
1: this is only a rumour so I do hope that it come, doesn't come to fruition but yeah. If it does, I just hope that it's not for too long. So I wouldn't, worry, as much as I don't necessarily agree with the Wii's business plan or Nintendo's business plan. I, I don't want people out there to be discouraged from buying a Wii because they are relatively decent consoles for what you want to use them for. Um, and I hope that it doesn't, it doesn't come to, to a head purely and simply because I don't want any other companies to think well, we can do that too. You know, if the economy stays weak. So you know, from sort of saying my last point, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, and if it does, I think it's a really bad move again towards the hardcore gamer rather than the casual gamer.
0: Yeah, because I think it, if, if anything, to say at a time when money is more tight for it, for everyone, you would like a price cut. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like yeah. Every everywhere for listeners who are in the UK, you'll know that all the shops you go to have sales on at some yeah. point, and uh, like obviously, sewing chains closing down, and down. with everywhere to have a sale on, it would to encourage sales it's, it would seem very strange for them to to go the opposite way um mm-hmm. my prediction would be for my last point i like i seriously predict that i think that they're just gonna kind of try and absorb it yeah. and not that that would, that would be the prediction but obviously it's interesting to see how close and like for people who maybe are into games but don't really look into sort of sales figures and costs and don't know like the backgrounds because obviously i think it's interesting for people to see like what the margin is like on these yeah, consoles that yeah. people are making and like because obviously especially with um more leaning towards the xbox and the playstation you're getting incredibly advanced pieces of technology for the price you're playing paying um obviously like the playstation with all its extra bits is obviously a similar price to a regular Blu-ray player. Yeah, definitely. And, you, and you're getting a lot. And I think that we kind of forget that that model had gone that way where you was actually getting more than what you pay for, really. Yeah. And uh, obviously Wii's changed that a little bit. Um, possibly when they bring out if there's a Wii 2 or stuff, there'll be some interesting insights. If there's a Wii be... 2. When, well, when there's a Wii 2. No, but every, everybody does say about when there's a Wii 2. But I wonder if they'll go this very slow evolution route that they've kind of gone with the DS to the DSi, where the, the DSi, obviously, it has got a faster processor. It's got bigger screens. It's yeah. got, like, the SD thing. It's all these, like, little additions, but I can't see them going that traditional route where, obviously, Xbox 360 was massively more powerful than Xbox. Definitely, yeah. PlayStation 3, massively more powerful than PS2. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether they're going to do something where they can, like with the DSi, where Wii Two's games, when it would be to come out, would still work with the Wii, but uh, obviously missing out on some of the features or possibly having additional features for people who have bought the new console. Um, but yeah, I think will people who have played with the Wii for a long time, like now are they turning into gamers or are they just Wii players? This is the, yeah, the thing I think I'm interested in. That's going to be a,
1: a big breakdown, though. I mean, I, I don't ever really see that many. I think there's going to be a small fraction of people that will pick up a Wii and maybe play sort of slowly through games. They'll play Wii Sports, and then they might go out and play, say, say they really like Wii Golf, then they go yeah. out and play Tiger Woods version of Wii Golf, and then they might go around a friend's house, and they might have the Xbox 360 version of Tiger Woods, and then they might stagger in, but I think a lot of people that are buying the Wii aren't really gamers. I think you've ...kind of hit it that they're Wii players. Yeah. You know, they aren't out there to play games. They're not going to run out and buy the next Metroid. They're not going to run out and buy the next Zelda. They are going to run out and buy the next Wii Sports, though. They're going to buy the next Wii Play. Yeah. I mean, we've I've ranted a little bit about this in the past with Buy Nintendo... ...and felt like they've kind of neglected the hardcore gamer... ...which we're now seeing a change on with things like Mad World... ...and House of the Dead Overkill and things like that. It's nice to see that. But I do think that we are seeing a big sort of break between actual gamers...
0: And Wii players. Yeah, because obviously it's obviously going a little bit off topic about what we originally started, but I think it's like definitely an interesting point about yeah. where they think that they will go next. Obviously, they've had such big changes between their previous consoles and the Wii, but one of the things that definitely wasn't changed much was the graphics or no, yeah. audio capabilities of the console. Um, and even online, that obviously, they're it's more online than the previous consoles, but it's not to the level of either of its competitors. No, definitely not. It's quite difficult really still to get online in yeah. the Wii game. Um, so would be interested, like, where is it going to be the same graphical power, or will it be a minor upgrade and things like this? Um, will they advance the control system or just completely revamp it? And there's a, a lot of interesting things. I think there is, there is space, I think, that in the market, I know Microsoft, uh, there's a lot of rumours around a motion controller with Microsoft and obviously Sony going part of the way there with their yeah. tool control. But I think there is a market for a, a, a very graphically capable console to have the kind of control schemes that the Wii's got. I think that really the, the people, gamers who are more hardcore into games but do play the Wii, would still appreciate playing something I know maybe first-person shoot is not the ideal thing. Something like the conduit may show us how, how good or bad that scheme can be. But playing something with the graphics of like Call of Duty 4, but with motion controls, yeah. or seeing how I know you're going to be playing Afro Samurai soon. I am, yeah. I, I think that the, that kind of graphical style that looks incredibly incredibly detailed in high definition Yeah. But using some interesting uh, motion controls or something around that, I think there's like definite room for that. And yeah, I think maybe if the Wii like 2 or whatever it would be called, if that didn't improve graphics a lot, whereas another console did and added motion control, I did seriously think it could fall behind. Uh, you imagine, I, I would imagine that if another console had. Um, like, the, obviously, if there is a competitor with something similar to what they're doing but that can drop the price like Microsoft has, mm. it, it'd be really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, we're talking about, you know, the future of consoles and where yeah. consoles are going. We'll we'll move on with the news and we'll talk about, obviously, it's GDC at the moment as we're yeah. recording it. I think in a little while there's going to be another keynote kicking off. And Yesterday we saw Nintendo's keynote. Um, uh, but one of the things that's come out of GDC is this new console, let's call it a console for argument's sake, on live. Yes. Which uh, you know a lot more about than me. I haven't seen all the videos yet, but
0: yeah, do, can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, I wouldn't say it, I'm no expert on the system. Let's say that, first of all, um, uh, I've picked up bits of information from here and there and obviously seen the videos that look really nice. Um, for anyone who's not heard about this on live system at all, Um, Basically, it's what they call a cloud system where um, you've got your laptop or PC at home and rather than you upgrading your computer all the time, the game itself that you're going to be playing is hosted on another computer on a server somewhere else and all that travels through the internet is your control commands go to the server controlling the game and it sends back a video footage of what you're doing. So essentially it means that on your bog standard laptop you could be playing crisis on the full le- full level of detail and all, all the kind of games that you think you'd have to regularly upgrade all you do is you subscribe subscribe to this service and then you can buy or rent games and then you play them in this way um obviously the, the people have been talking about this kind of thing for a while and the thing that they feel is it enabled them to be better than anyone else is that their video encryption, which is obviously the signal video that's coming back, yeah, is it, um, improved compared to anyone else. Which means that there's less lag in what you play. Um, from what I've heard, a lot of games have very little lag at all on controls. If anything, the only thing that you that you would lose in comparison to having the really high spec PC in your house that you've bought yourself is that. I've, believe that frame rates have dropped a a small amount, but um, this is, when you're talking to PC gamers, a a console gamer would be quite happy with 30 or 60 frames per second, whereas PC gamers can get into like the hundreds of frames per second to get incredibly smooth gameplay. So it's perfectly serviceable, um, but uh, an alternative to obviously spending thousands of pounds on a PC. Well, this is an ideal way
1: for people to play PC titles like Crisis. There's obviously yeah. a lot of people out there that would have loved to play Crisis, but their computers just would not have dealt with it. Maybe they do now, but when it came out, that's, that wasn't an option. So I think the good thing about the online services is it will bring that, but the problem with this is obviously it's all going to go over broadband, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they say uh, at the moment they're saying that they believe for standard definition gaming you're going to need a 1 meg um, broadband connection, and for high def you need 5 meg. I in my opinion, I'm thinking 1 meg for standard definition is very optimistic. Like I could, Well, I I would love to be proven completely wrong, but I would imagine that for really to play a game smoothly, you really want around sort of at least like 2 to 5 meg, I think, yeah, is definitely. where they're going to be aiming. Obviously, some connection in the, in the UK, um, certain providers are offering 10 meg plus, um, if, if, and that depends what area you're in, whether yeah. you're getting cable. Um, I think the system itself, I, I think it's a great system and some like, very little, like, big publishers have signed up. Yeah, lately. I mean, they've got EA and everyone's like, yeah. really backing online. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, So, very interesting system and obviously they wouldn't be backing it if it was no use at all. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those kind of you, you'll have to wait and see. Uh, um, I'd love to get onto the closed beta oh, of that. How good it would, it be? would be awesome just to, to see what it's like. Fortunately, where I live, I've got a 10 meg broadband connection so it should run well but it all it literally all depends on how well it runs if it runs smoothly over the kind of broadband connections we've got at the moment i think it would be incredibly successful i think if it does that it's going to be dangerous
1: because it's going to be able to offer i mean they're saying that it's going to be a lower price point than the wii if it comes out so i mean you're really talking you know high definition pc gaming for a yep. you know, next-to-nothing price, and obviously depending on what the subscription price is going to be. So if this does work, this is quite a dangerous tool for the yep. games industry because it could effectively blow a lot of people out of the water and might change the next generation of gaming, even more than what people are thinking. Yeah,
0: some of the interesting other things to mention is, obviously we've been talking about this, about playing Through your laptop for playing these high-end games, there is also going to be a small kind of set-top box that you could um, purchase, and then you connect that to your HD television, and then you would be playing it in your lounge or living room or wherever you have your big TV instead of and playing with maybe a gamepad because it's going to be compatible. Yeah, have you seen the gamepad though? It's not the best-designed gamepad in the world. It kind of rips
1: off the 360. But have you seen the buttons?
0: Yeah, the L I
1: V E buttons,
0: yeah, the I, face buttons. I think. The, I hope that's a prototype. Yeah, I think. <laughs> it, obviously, I think a lot of money needs to go into the design of Joypads. and like it's not to be taken lightly. Like we get used to things like the Xbox and the um, three hundred and sixty pad and the DualShock, but like a lot of effort goes into make and like evolution goes into making these as good as they can. Um, I think ideally, if um, it can accept a wired Xbox pad, that that'd that would be ideal. And I think um, the other interesting thing is, that I mentioned earlier that you can rent games um, on the promotional video. It's got a set time of five days. But the interesting thing would be, if, as far as I know, really be the first time you can rent PC titles. Yeah. Because previously, because of piracy issues. There was never the opportunity for PC developers to get into that area where their titles would be in blockbuster or somewhere. You could rent them for a few days, but this will be literally you choose to rent it for five days, and you have the whole game for 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 that period of time and play through it. But this brings up the discussion, though, that a lot of gamers and a lot of podcasts and websites are touching on at
1: the moment. And we're kind of going to. I just want to take this sort of off on a tangent a little bit quickly, but. A lot of people are starting to get worried about these cloud-based systems and digital distribution because a lot of people like having the physical product. Now, do you see, from your perspective, I know my view on it, but I personally think that even though OnLive can be quite dangerous, I, I love owning a game. I like having a box on the shelf. I want to own the physical product. I mean, from a person who, who enjoys that, OnLive might not necessarily appeal to me because it's not you
0: don't own a physical product. I me, mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I would agree that I like to own the games, but the, the thing that I would add into this is it depends what they can do with the price. If they can be very flexible on the price because they're cutting out the distribution and obviously the big thing is whether large retailers uh, they obviously influence the price um, that online games are sold at because they've refused to sell the consoles if they if they wasn't if they were selling the games a lot cheaper online. As much as I like to hold the disc, uh, have a box, put it on my shelf, and have all the manual and everything, if there was a big price difference between the two, that's when I think I could just... I'll be perfectly happy to buy full games. If there was a game, say you've got Gears of War, or say you've got GTA, and the difference between the online downloaded version and the retail version was, say, £15... like yeah, like I think it, maybe it, if it was that kind of price, then I, I might like, be able to forget that yeah. I love
1: having the box. So this is what I mean. It's very price sensitive. Yeah. It, it really would depend because I mean, you, if you look at the current situation, I mean, on the PS3, if you go, if you go online, say Play.com or Amazon or or Game, you can order the ultimate box of Burnout for like twenty-five pound, yeah. and then it's thirty pounds to download it to the PlayStation hard drive. Yeah. So now, you know, there, there's obviously not the steps there to. Get into digital distribution for that kind of price cut you're, you're saying that you'd like to see, and I think if, if anything,
0: looking at it now, I, I think they'd still take us for our money. Yeah, I think the the interesting point would be, I would say, is that because there would because you wouldn't need to go to a shop like whether you're going to Game or Game Station, HMV, wherever you buy or your game. GameStop games. for our US fans. Yes, yes. Um, if you was to if you didn't have to buy a console in those places, they wouldn't have the leverage over publishers on the price yeah. that games can be set. So that's the interesting thing. I think if you was just playing it through your laptop, you just buy your laptop in a regular electrical shop. Um, I think that the interesting thing would be was that the, the releasing of the game, they wouldn't have to. There would be no possibly not just. No, there wouldn't be a retail version. There could yeah. just be an online version. And that's, as I say, if they could bring across the savings that they would make because they don't have to make the disc, the box, the manual, they don't have to do the distribution, there doesn't have to be the markups from, like, them distributing it and then from the middlemen selling it onwards. If they could actually pass across some of those savings to the user, that's when I think it would be very interesting Mm. about... And the other thing I think would... Like, no one's really introduced it, but it would be, I think, the use of obviously having a download game is that you can get it very quickly like relative to your broadband speed. You can get the thing quickly and um, obviously it stays It's on your hard disk and easy to play. But I think that if it's purely digital information that's being sent down the line, I think there is room that people would like to, say you pay £30 for the next crisis, and you can download it immediately. But the game will be sent in the post. I think like, because they're just sending the yeah. digital information, and then you get to like, and then it they obviously through the post they can send it on. Like, if you was downloading it, you get you, if they sent it on five day delivery, it wouldn't mm-hmm. really matter. To you. you can no. pay it immediately, and then that, that, that would come through later. The disc version, I mean, there's different ways to look
1: at it because obviously, digital distribution is a great thing. Like you say, I mean, if they do bring us better prices, it's a great thing for gamers because we're going to spend less money on our devices, um, and it will obviously combat piracy. Um, it will combat the used game market, which is obviously a big yeah. deal in, in the games industry at the moment. And a lot of people have got views on that, so I think it is a really good thing. But I mean, even if they went down like a digital di- digital distribution route of where you download it, but then maybe you have to go in game and spend say three pound on a disc, take it home for the disc in that then enables you to download it, but then you still have to put that disc in to boot it. Yeah. Something along those lines, because in that way, game are still happy because they're still selling something on the shelves and there's people coming in the stores. Yeah, you're still going down the, the digital route. Uh, I, I just think they need to just explore lots of things. And going back to on live, I, I, I do think it's a fantastic idea. It just needs to be implemented right. It needs yeah. to be put across to the consumer perfectly. It's a fantastic idea in theory, but obviously so was the 3DO, the 32X, there's so
0: many consoles that have failed but they were great ideas at the time Yeah, it's it's always interesting and the last thing I'll add about that is that I think the problem that most people have is that they feel like even with Xbox Live Arcade or PSN Network titles that you do kind of feel like in the end that you kind of own nothing but you've you've got it it on the console and you do have that there are questions everyone's saying about when PS4 comes out when next Xbox comes out do these even work on the next yeah. one? And I think, like, if someone was, if you're going to be doing something online, you need to be clear about some kind of time scale that you're aiming at, and that whether they'll always be compatible, or, or at least you're going to attempt. Like, I think people would like that good faith that we, you say for the next like so many years, we're going to make sure it's always compatible. Yeah, I think that's a good thing.
1: Uh, but we'll move away from
0: from on live.
1: Um, we'll, we'll stick with with the GDC news. Um, we've seen a lot from from Nintendo in general. Yeah. Um like I say it was their keynote yesterday. Um and there's been a lot of news, some some really important news, some not so important, but one yeah, you know, big update was the new Wii update. Yes. Which, yeah. Which uh which brings a lot more support to the Wii through loading things from the S D cards. Yeah. Uh, so you've actually got a lot more memory there. And upping the SD card limit to something like 32 gigs.
0: Yeah. Which I've never seen a 32-gig yeah, card in this country. Yeah, I don't a, know if that's a Japanese thing. Yeah, but, we're waiting on a little, little bit of confirmation about the exact size. Any upping of the limit size is good, yeah, obviously. Definitely. Um, and the, the interesting thing for people, a lot of times um, people may not have a Wii or whatever, a lot, of, what happens is all of your... Virtual console, like classic games or WiiWare games and channels, etc., that previously were going onto the hard disk, and only having a small hard disk that was obviously getting filled up very quick, um, you had the opportunity to swap your games across to the SD card to save rather than downloading them again. Um, but whenever you wanted to play one, you'd have to like swap one that's on the thing to onto your SD card, put the one on the SD card onto it, and yeah. then you could play it. Obviously, this new edition is meaning that you can play things, any of the games you've got stored directly onto your SD card. You can just select them. There's a new option that comes up by where the Wii settings is on the main home page. You click on that and it'll bring up uh, a list like your the games that you have on the SD card. Yeah. You press them and then they will load and play straight away. Um, the load times time It's sort of five seconds or so for a sort of, a NES, NES game, right. and about 15 seconds for an N64 game. So it's That's not small, too bad. Small, it's not too bad at all. And what that's actually doing is it's putting the game that you've chosen onto the internal memory. Yeah. Um, the other, other thing, I've, I've yet to test this, but what I have heard is that if there's space on that internal memory, so say you put on a NES game, you could fit on, let's just say, just a, a number out there, you could fit on like 15 NES games onto the internal memory. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the games you want to play is already on the internal memory, it'll just load up instantly. Right, okay. Whereas if it's not and it's full up, it'll then, take so everything okay. else off, like the first thing that was on, and put the new thing on. So like the load times are small, and, and if you're only playing certain games, it's going to be even smaller. So it's not necessarily a massive news story, but this is a really good thing for
1: Wii owners that do like to download a lot of content, because now they don't have to worry about limiting the space and then the a yeah,
0: way. Because I think a lot of people were put off of buying stuff once the memory was full up, just because A, some people don't have the knowledge about where it's going to be going and yeah. switching it between, and it's just that little annoyance that you've, like, you've got used to how things work on other consoles and you just play it straight away. And you'd, you would have imagined on other consoles, like on the Xbox, you could imagine that you could have hundreds of versions of Sonic 1 on there yeah, it would never fill it up. Whereas obviously, there was a very small amount of games you could really get onto the Wii, and I think it really opens it up. It's something that people have been moaning about having a hard disk maybe add-on at some point mm-hmm. or loading things off of the SD card. And I think, if anything, it shows the people who who use the Wii that Nintendo have listened about yeah, what definitely. they about what they like, and they've come up with this solution. Um, interestingly enough, I heard it's the same solution that they use for the Guitar Hero band downloadable Sony yes and yeah play, it's, it's, it's using the same system yeah and, um, yeah I, I think although it's not a new console or anything else it's just a, a another good new addition a, similar to say the Xbox adding DivX support and things like yeah. that it's just a nice little extra well, a lot of people did think that GDC was when we were going to finally
1: hear about Wii HD which was obviously going to be the hard disk based yeah. version of the Wii which to be honest, would have been a completely pointless addition. I'm glad Nintendo have gone down that route, actually. The fact yeah, it's that they've not
0: put in a hard drive, they've just
1: literally expanded their SD SDK. Yeah, it's I, think,
0: a lot I think it's not typically a console that people use to store a lot on the regular users. Yeah. They'll mainly use it for save games, but it's nice that I can, if I want to have a lot of virtual console games, the only thing I need to do is buy an SD card, and SD cards are relatively cheap anyway. Yeah, so. definitely.
1: That's not a problem at all. bought well, Other news, I mean, this does sound like quite a big Nintendo show, but obviously it was their keynote, so we're going to carry on with their news. Um, The other, the biggest news, I think... I I watched video footage of this this morning on uh, on Kotaku, and I I watched the unveil of this to the crowd in GDC, and I have not heard such a big roar from the crowd since Halo 3 was probably premiered at at E3. Um, And that's the next Zelda game on the DS. Spirit Tracks, which isn't exactly a very good title, well, I'm sure it'll be changed between now and release but it's going to be this year apparently
0: yeah I would never say that i I never believe that Nintendo have been the best developers for naming things no. anyway like the console's called the Wii yeah. as a start and that was never changed no yeah. Japanese um,
1: for wireless isn't it apparently
0: <laughs> no idea <what, laughs> it's incredibly these? different in but uh, like the even, US and the UK yeah I think <laughs> um, previous games uh, even like Ocarina of Time and things, they're, they're not exactly titles that run, uh, run off your tongue no um, but the game itself, um, well, it looks, I love the, look. it looks, if you play uh, the Phantom Hourglass or the Wind Waker, it's got that. Wind Waker it. Yeah, and that, I was always surprised how well that looked on the, the S anyway. Um, and the controls are nice. And this the small amount of footage that there is, it shows. Have you seen that weapon before? It's like thrown out like a tornado. Yeah, because it's, it's a section where
1: there's. There's like a bottomless pit, but then there's a section in the middle, and it's got a key on it, yeah. and Link has to throw the tornado at the key, and then it takes the key off there. Yeah, I've never looks, seen anything like no, that
0: before. It, I'll probably be corrected, but I haven't seen that before. It seems to, it works in a way that like the boomerang works in a yeah, way yeah. that you, an object that you're throwing out to it, is. and um, as well, I, I, another thing, I'm not totally sure. Do you know the statues that they seem in Phantom Hourglass? Yeah. There's a bit where you're moving kind of one of those around, and it's right. helping you. To attack a boss, we see that as well. Um, and the other big thing, obviously, it's called Spirit Tracks, and it looks like. Whereas in uh, Phantom Hourglass and Wind Waker, you're going around in the boat a lot, yeah, visiting new places. It looks as if in this one, you're going to be going around by yeah, train. It's Link as the fat controller, yeah. basically, because he's got his little, got little, out little outfit, there. and he,
1: the, the beginning of the trailer, if no one's seen it, it's literally just a train coming towards the screen, and all of a sudden, Link leans out, and then you know everyone's just like, "Wow, a new Zelda." I'm interested to see where they take that, though, because surely a train track is a lot more limited than a boat, so yeah. I'm interested to see where they take that. But I wonder if maybe we, you
0: could lay the tracks or something, like yeah. there may well be something.
1: I think but. they're going to use, I mean, the way they used the stylus and the dual screen in Phantom Hourglass was fantastic. Yes. There, up until GTA Chinatown Wars, there probably wasn't anything that used the stylus that well. No. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, that was easily the best functionality. And I do think they're going to do some amazing things with this game, especially with the train. Yeah. You'll probably be able to lay your own tracks or draw your own route and then it'll go off and do what it needs to do. And like, much like that
0: now you can probably upgrade the train to have cannons and yeah, it's probably all these different, different things on it. And um, as well, the only thing, I'll, from speaking to a lot of people who played Phantom Malagast, the only thing that they didn't like was like the particular dungeon that you had to keep going back to yeah. every so often and you'd have to redo bits. And that repetition got on a lot of people's nerves. Yeah, my... And I imagine that, like, fingers crossed that they're not going to have a dungeon like that again. And mm. I think if if the rest of the game was on par with Phantom Hourglass, but it didn't have that part on, like, it's it would be a very highly rated oh, game. Oh, definitely. I think because that was really the only. But like, controls were spot on, graphics were spot on, the dungeons, the length of the game, everything, which seemed really good, apart from the, that one particular dungeon you're going back to all the time. And like, without that, I think that they can. Be, obviously it's going to be a successful game. It's oh definitely, it's going to be a system seller as well. Yeah. You know, I mean this is obviously going to come out,
1: we haven't got an actual date yet, but this is obviously going to come out after the DSi as well, so yeah, yeah it's quite obvious that, I mean they might even include functionality for the DSi and the yeah. DS, in which case you know, it might be a case of you can buy it and it'll play really well on the DS, but if you've got the DSi you probably get a bit more out of the
0: game. Things like that, it'd be nice to see them play around with the functionality of the DSi with this. Yeah, but something something I think a lot of people are obviously going to be really looking forward to. Um, all Zelda games obviously create massive interest. Um, when you saying that comment about possibly having DSi functionality, it's quite mm. interesting because also the thing that I heard at GDC was the, the different cartridge types for the DSi. Yeah. There's going to be some different cartridges and some that are going to be specifically DSi only cartridges, mm. Where some are going to be, I think they call it like DSi enhanced, where it will work on DS and DSi, but you get some enhanced functionality yeah. if you're using the, the DSi. So I think it's quite likely that that may be one of the early titles we really see. Yeah, quite possibly. I
1: like think it. they would be a bit foolish not to use DSi in it, in some way, just because, you know, yeah. other than Mario, Nintendo's known for Zelda and Link and things like that. And this is obviously going to be one of their biggest games they're going to push this year. And I think they'd be a bit silly not to...
0: Use some form of DSi capability. Yeah, as long as it still runs on a standard DS. Yeah, I think it would be interesting in like possibly if even if there was something like like the Four Swords add-on. or that was like a DSi thing. Something yeah, they could a do with only like, mode Yeah, like something they could do with like the DSi downloads or yeah. something. Where where you could like get something extra from having it, but you're not going to miss out on the, uh, any part of the full game. Yeah, I mean, the I only just touch on another small thing from Nintendo
1: is that they did. I don't know if you saw it, but they showed the new WarioWare game. For I've seen little, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a little bit of it before. WarioWare snapped, which also is still looking quite good. There was a there was a test on the stage, and you saw them clowning around in front of the camera, and that does look quite good. Even though I can't imagine you playing it on a bus. Um, that I mean, that's pretty much our GDC news. Just to touch on a couple of other. Than, Little news stories. Um, we've been lucky enough to uh, to kind of have a little deal with Codemasters who are going to bring us a new racing game called Fuel, which looks a, a lot like Motorstorm for the PS3, but for yeah. the 360, it's going to be along the lines of pure Motorstorm, that kind of game, bikes, ATVs, cars, that sort of thing. Um, we've been lucky enough to get an exclusive trailer for the UK. Um, the exclusivity will run out sort of tomorrow, unfortunately, so it's not really very exclusive for what the podcast up. But please go over and have a look. It shows the bikes and the ATVs off a little. Yeah, yes. Um, It's a lovely trailer. I mean, I'm getting really hyped about this game. I don't know about yourself. You love racing games.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Love racing games. Um, Really interested in, obviously, like a developer that's done as many great games as they have, and like the things they're doing, like with Dirt and Grid and things like that. Um, This is supposed to be sort of more open world, and obviously, you've got this choice of various different vehicles. Um, It looks the interesting thing, it's open world, but it looks as good as Dirt and Grid. It it, it looks awesome. Um, the vehicles have that kind of motor storm-like sl- look where it's kind of almost as if it's been put together by people rather than, like, a manufactured car. So, yeah, so it's not, you're not going to be seeing, like, a Ferrari or a Land Rover or anything, but you're going to see more kind of like a dune a, like a buggy and things like that, yeah. these sort of off-road bikes that look quite cool, like big exhausts and everything. But, um, yeah, that looks really interesting. I'm hoping to have some more information about yeah, that we're try as we bring- hear more.
1: We could try and bring some more exclusive footage to everybody, hopefully some screenshots, some more videos. We could try and get a, an interview with Codemasters up on the site at some point. And obviously we'll get you a review as soon as it's as soon as we've got a, our hands on a review copy. Um, our last bit of news, uh, just because it was over the last few days, and I'm sure a lot of people have, have come into this, which was the DLC for Fallout 3 coming out, The Pit, yeah. which took you to Pittsburgh, took you from away from the capital wasteland. Um... Had a had a huge error. I mean, this this hasn't been. Really, yeah. We haven't really had this kind of problem on Xbox Live for a very long time. Obviously, this isn't on, P- on on PS3, so you know nobody had to worry about it there. But this was a an Xbox Live problem that when they loaded it onto the server, there was a corrupt English language file, which basically screwed up every graphical part of the game. There was bad draw distances. There was things popping up left, right, and center, and basically nobody could use their use their codes. It was no,
0: horrible. Yeah, I think the, the most amazing part is is. Microsoft has kind of been known to be the cause of delay for things yeah. coming out because of stringent checks um, on the on the quality of software and any bugs. So the amazing thing seems to be that something like this big could get through that net. Yeah, really. definitely. Like, um, obviously, that is that should be up now.
1: This should, yeah, yeah, it's up. I mean, I've I had a review code sent over to me from Bethesda, yeah. so uh, obviously I was anxious to start reviewing it because. Anyone who knows me, I'm a huge Fallout 3 yep. fan. I've already racked up just over 50 hours on Fallout 3. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, I was playing it this morning, so it's up. It's completely working. But I think credit has to be given to Bethesda here, because they, they actually did keep their fans up to date with like, what was yep. going on and things like that. And There's a lot of people flaming Bethesda on boards and forums, mm. and I just think that's not it's not really the dumb thing. It's not really very fair. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, they delivered you a great game. They
0: delivered the first DLC properly. It's just a hiccup. It's just a yeah. problem. Right? I think that's yeah. just the internet, though. Like, no doubt we'll get flamed for certain things ourselves. Yeah, of course. But like, yeah. It, it happens to to everything. Um, it's good that there's been such a short time between the original problem and it and it getting sorted out. Yeah. Like, I know the kind of. I know it's going to be different problems, and obviously smaller developers have smaller things. But obviously, Castle Crashers was one known that had like a very long delay between there being a problem and. Definitely. And yeah. obviously, a lot of these times. Patches sometimes take a lot longer than people think, and I think that it's like good on them that they managed to get it sorted quickly because it is something that's highly anticipated, and um, and obviously it's like it's an embarrassment that anything could go wrong with it. Yeah.
1: Um, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. But I mean, like I say, Bethesda kept everyone updated and so did Major Nelson on his blog, and anyone who follows anybody on Twitter would have you know, been updated to the situation. But I mean, I have started playing it and. I'm not going to talk about it that much, and I was going to talk about it in what we've been playing, but I am I am going to review it for the site, because I reviewed the last lot of DLC, which I thought was fantastic, and this one is playing relatively well, but it's very, very different to how you would know Fallout, and how you would know Anchorage as well from the yeah. last DLC pack. So I'm not going to say anything's going to spoil anything, because practically every storyline element would be a spoiler. Um, it does play well, there are some new weapons, there's like a chainsaw like type gun yeah. thing, um, which does seem like it's a bit of a rip-off from the Lancer and Mad World yeah. chainsaw and stuff, but who cares? If you can ram a chainsaw into somebody, it's fucking good fun. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so far, what I've played is fantastic. It's a little bit up and down in the fact that it is so different to Fallout, but I'm sure anyone who likes the series will like the, like the DLC, so keep an eye out for that review. Anyway, I think that's all of our news, unless you've got anything you want
0: to no, no add real, to that. No real extra news. Um, I guess some of the last bits we're going to wrap up with is uh, just we really wanted to say some things about um, people, if you have enjoyed this podcast, we need all the re- reviews we can get. Yeah, definitely. ITunes. We want to get up the charts a little bit, so yeah, yeah so, so, if you have enjoyed it, like really, the the, be- the more comments we get, like you can put comments on the website as well, and good or bad, like we we're doing this in the hope that other people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. And if you have your opinions on what we haven't done right or what bits you really did like, then we can really focus to like get this exactly how everyone's going to enjoy it. Um, some things we said earlier was going to be like, obviously the audio equipment's going to be changed a little bit and that's all going to improve. And um, yeah, we really hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't been to the, the website, that's high score, that's high hyphen score. Yeah, high as in HI, yes, hyphen score.co.uk. So, so please go there, have a look at the reviews, you know, leave some comments, let us know what you think and um, we love to improve the like, we like the community that we've got we like people leaving comments and things and yeah. like, any improvement on that is awesome
1: anything yeah. else you want to um, no just on the same vein when I get back after the, we've recorded the podcast I will put up the show notes for the podcast oh, so right, I'll yeah. kind of literally put a little list of what we've talked about what's contained in there and obviously there will be a comment thread at the bottom of that so you know even if you want to be critical you know, let us know what you want from our podcast at the end of the day we're here for the community you're the most important person not not us you know, we want to give you what you want, so leave us some comments, leave us some feedback, and you know, if you have enjoyed it, leave us a good review on iTunes. Um, the only other thing i really say is that if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can you can get us on Twitter. I am twitter.com forward slash stribe. I'm sure most people know how to spell it, uh, otherwise it's going to be in the show notes, and Zach is uh, twitter.com forward slash Zeus, all one word, yeah. and all lowercase as well. Um, so you can follow us on there, and if you come over to our site, we've also got a link to our Facebook page, which... Isn't updated a huge amount at the moment, but the more people that come over, we'll start updating it a little bit more as to what goes on the
0: site. So I think that's everything from me. Yeah, okay, that's great. We're gonna leave it there. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. And um, we've got the very last thing that we will add that I think some people have obviously been looking forward to is the last bit of this code for the Street Fighter Two. So I'm going to let Strive do this, and then we're going to finish up. Okay. So before we say goodbye, the last bit of
1: this code, the last two sections, is VPT. W2MMP6W. So that's it from High
0: Score. See you again next week. This podcast is sponsored by GamesBasement.co.uk, the only games website designed by gamers for gamers. Follow us on Twitter and don't forget to visit www.gamesbasement.co.uk on our launch date, Monday the 13th of April, 09.